Hi. Oh, hi. Hi. I didn't know we were starting. You caught me off guard. I know, I surprised. Just started. over here, like, stringing my pearls together. I'm just singing. Singing a ditty. Singing and binging. And then Jesse's just getting me a nice glass of wine. Clitting and clotting. Jesse! Thanks, Jesse. Hurry up. My mom recently was like, oh, I love the podcast. It's going so well. But I really don't like how mean you guys are to Jesse. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, Shut mom, up, Jesse. You don't, you don't understand. <laughs> We're way meaner in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, uh, go back in your cage. Oh, uh, welcome to... to- do you queer what I queer? That's Elliot. And that's Tom. And we are Dick Quick. Dick Quick. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing good. How are good. you? I'm doing well. I didn't even... What's your color? Um, Indigo. Ooh, explain. It's like deep and like... Go on. I don't know. I, it's just... It's like really angry and sad and businessy. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like, yes. I'm like a businesswoman. Yes. But like, I'm like angry and sad about my life, but I have work to do. So let's get going. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, hold my briefcase, hold my makeup bag, and like, I've got a briefing to get to. You're, I'm inspired by that. That was inspiring. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. My, I don't know if gendering that was appropriate or not, but. I don't know. I feel female in that. In in your businesswoman yeah. feelings. Yeah. I don't know. Because whenever I get business done, I feel like a woman because all I do is work with women and they're so fucking powerful. Fiercely good and fiercely good. good yeah. Well, thanks, Tom. <laughs> Literature just quarter. Like, so they get shit done and I want to get shit done like all of the awesome women I know. Sorry. Now I'm pandering and go. How about your color? <laughs> That's no, you that's your truth. You have nothing to apologize for. <laughs> my color is mustard today. Oh, I love mustard. I'm a dog. Well, I'm, t- I'm a wiener. I can't handle you. Um, it's mustard because I was just reading about mustard gas for a thing and it was really oh depressing. Oh my god, yeah, that's also. I'm looking at a mustard jacket ew. right now, just hung behind you. But also, mustard isn't anyone hung behind me? <laughs> are, are they? <laughs> is someone? Come out if you're there. I mean, we could use you in these times. Let me have my jokes. You never do. I'm sorry. Just, I, you know. I hate you. I am I love you, Tom. I, I'm going to combat you. I do not reciprocate. With some love. Oh, my God. We were at fucking brunch today. And <laughs> no, don't tell this. Why? I no, have okay, to. I'm going to. We were at brunch today. and um, I'm feigning shock. I do want you to say. We were actually having a meeting before a meeting, before a pre-meeting to a meeting. But during this pre-pre-pre-pre-brunch meeting, uh, we were going through the Instagram profile of a bakery shop, a bake shop and a bar that's located in Sudbury, Ontario called Guilty Pleasures. And that was slurry. Guilty Pleasures. You (laughs) got it. Not even drinking yet. Um, And uh, so a friend of ours and a listener, Mike Sove, is the um, pastry chef there and, and cake artist. And so we were going through a list of stuff he's made. And Tom and I get to a cake that's glittery and beautiful and has a golden sparkly cross, like mm-hmm. a crucifix like on a top crucifix, of the cake. Yep. And at the same time, <laughs> Tom and I don't say, oh, that looks good. I'd like to eat it. We say, I would love to sit on that cake. I, do, I don't even... We said it at the same time with the same, like, <laughs> fucking... What about crucifixes just make us want to put it in our ass? Like, I don't... <laughs> I mean, I have a long list. Yeah, that that's fair, actually. <laughs> I feel like it's... um. That's like such a subversion. Oof. 
That was an anecdote, anecdote tangent. Corner. Not even that was a Dude. whole room. <laughs> like, that's not Do you have any other anecdote corners? No, that, I'm exhausted. Oh, no. Do you? Okay. Uh, yeah, I do. But first, do you have any corrections corners? Yes. Yeah, so a listener, Kate, same listener from last week. Thank you, Kate. We love you, Kate. We love you, Kate. Now she's the, the self-acclaimed queen of corrections corner. Yeah. Keeping us on track. QCC. QCC. K to the QCC. Um, I literally hate myself. So she That's emails us. Um, and in this email, she goes, I think it's worth pointing out. This is in reference to... The Bruce MacArthur updates we've been giving. We never talk about Bruce MacArthur. Oh, fuck. I know. It's annoying. The serial killer in the village who we don't want to give too much power to by continually naming, but facts are very important. And so Kate goes, I think it's worth pointing out that Dean Lesowick, one of the victims, was a white man to the best of my knowledge, but was marginalized by homelessness at the time of his death. He was never even reported missing. I'm working at a job right now where I interact with many marginalized street involved in homeless people, and this topic is close to my heart. So she was writing in response to the fact that we had said when Andrew Kinsman was murdered, it was the it was the first non-person of color, and therefore the police, that's that's when they they stepped up their game. Or we're saying that that is speculation for uh-huh. the investigation, and Kate is just keeping us on track and saying that he actually wasn't the first white person, but um, he was homeless. He, he was homeless and marginalized. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that's my only correctione. Correctione. Do you have a correctione? Um. If I do, I can't remember now, and it doesn't matter. Okay, good. Some someone write <laughs> us. <laughs> just kidding. I have. I just this is sad, and I don't know how to how to launch into. Let's this, just do but, it. Okay. So, yesterday, Toronto held a uh, surprise vigil. I shouldn't say Toronto. I'll say who actually held it. But th- there was a vigil held in Toronto for Colton Bushi, who was a 22-year-old Indigenous uh, young man from Saskatchewan who was murdered on August 2016. And I say murdered because he was murdered. Yes. Um, but so Gerald Stanley was the farmer who quote-unquote accidentally shot Colton Bushi. Um, and on February 9th of this year, he was actually acquitted of all charges by an all-white jury. Not even manslaughter. By a 12-person jury of all white people. Of all white. How does that even happen? Canada, no. Canada, no. No. Get your fucking shit together, no. Canada. So, Can you imagine if everyone's race was reversed in this scenario? I know. Can you fucking imagine that? If it was an indigenous man who shot like a young white man on his land? I know. He'd be in jail for the rest of his life in solitary confinement. Yeah. Like, it's just so fucking... Not even if that person didn't die. Like, yeah. <sighs> uh, So... So I'm just going to list out who was responsible for this vigil, which was put together essentially overnight, um, was I don't know more defenders of the land. No one is illegal Toronto. And then I think just no one is illegal uh, in a broad sense as well. Silence no more Black Lives Matter Toronto and the Indigenous Youth Movement. But that's not exhaustive. There were individuals uh, from First Nations who didn't belong to those groups. And there was just other community members as well and speakers. Um, It was beautiful it was heartbreaking it was hard i really i thank you very much elliot called me in fury and was like we need to get to this rally in an hour and Mm so we fucking ran there yeah i'm so glad that you brought that to my attention because it was well just looking yeah looking through the facebook group everyone was like i just found out about this and it's such late notice and i was like fuck if people don't show up to this like and there was a few really impactful things that were said and just some of them that stuck in my brain was 
um, this indigenous woman was speaking about how she's exhausted and how she's exhausted with allies tears and how she's tired of having to bear the brunt of this fight. And so I just think that it was such a strong, it was for, it was for Colton as well, but it was such a strong um, message to people who want to help to non-indigenous allies uh, that we can't continually put it on the shoulders of the community that is marginalized. And I think that there's something to be said for like, we talk about white tears a lot and we talk about ally tears. It was hard. It was hard for me because like I was crying like an idiot Mm -hmm. and I just felt so stupid about the white tears. And then another speaker came up to the microphone and said, the the time is now. If you're a person who has any kind of voice, you need to be talking about this. Yeah. And she said, and white I am lo- white. like, look at my privilege. I, I do have a voice to be talking about this. So this is why we're talking about it now. Mm-hmm. And she said, Edu- anyone who's an educator. So like, you're damn fucking better believe that I'm going to talk to my students about this. Do you know what I mean? Like hundred percent. We just have to do that. hundred. That's the, like, that's the, the lowest rung on the ladder of activism that we should be taking. Like, yeah. It's literally the least that we can do. Yeah. Um, she was saying, this is also, I'm going to reiterate her words to call out our listeners right now. Anybody with a platform, it does not matter. You need to be sharing yeah, the message. Yeah. Um, another really good aspect of this was though, be aware of how this affects children and youth. Yes. And absolutely. because of the sensitive matter, if people don't have support systems that they can digest this kind of information with, you need to be sensitive of that. But uh, never forget Colton Bushy's name, never forget what happened to him and never forget the injustice. And I think the Supreme Court absolutely fucking needs to step in. Oh yeah. Because you don't accidentally pull the trigger three times and accidentally murder someone with a gun accidentally in your no, hand. Like that's absolutely isn't, not. This isn't uh yeah. And, and the fact that he was acquitted is there's no way to spin this. It's mm-hmm. white supremacy. Yeah. There's no way to fucking spin that. Yeah. And that's here right now in Canada as we speak. Yes. And they were also saying that because it happened in Saskatchewan, there's, oh, there's a racism out there that's different. But no, it's not fucking no, different. White no. supremacy is white supremacy. Anti-Indigenous action is anti-Indigenous action. And it doesn't matter where it happens treated all the same it's, it's all, all queer same. politics like yeah they're all our brothers and sisters yeah. like anyone who's and an outcast siblings. is our bro- you know what i mean like yeah it's just so yeah absolutely um also to the like one more thing to that effect is just oh fuck i lost my train of thought um i'll step in there was a woman before you arrived elliot at the rally yesterday th- there was a lot of media presence there which i was i was quite happy about because I feel like that's how we educate people. That's a platform. That's how the masses know about this information. And uh, he was like walking around non-intrusively trying to find someone to interview. And this uh, white passing woman interrupted him and said, excuse me, there is no place for you here. People are in a lot of grief right now. People are going through a lot of stuff. And you need to watch. You need to get out of here. You need to watch yourself because this is not the time or place for media coverage. And my initial, I don't know what you think, but my initial thought was like, no, Mm -hmm. no, this is exactly like, Mm -hmm. this is CTV news. Like, Mm -hmm. we need this. We need this coverage right now. But I mean, I I get what she's saying, but like. I I have... My opinion is is tricky because I only found out about this because of the media coverage. And that's the only way that yeah. awareness was raised, and it's it's there's no right answer. People are grieving. People need their space to grieve. But at the same time, this was a vigil outside of city hall. This was a political it was a rally. As it well. was this was a rally. It yeah. was to bring 
um, what's the word? P- publicity to yeah. this, to bring awareness. Exactly. I'm One last thing too, I was going to say, t- uh, to the effect of what to do as an ally and what to do productively in these situations is they really highlighted the fact that anger is appropriate, but the anger has to be productive. And this is what we always say. And as I was crying, I kept thinking, I kept picturing my tears changing before they left my body and changing into anger because I actually feel like that might be more productive than crying. And the the pathos of tears and the ethics of crying with no action, it's cathartic to cry and then you feel fine after, but anger doesn't go away unless you do something with it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, I don't know. Absolutely. It's the equivalent of, like, thoughts and prayers, right? It is, yes. Which also was, was strange um, to hear at, at the rally because they, they were saying pray for and pray for. But well, that was an no, indigenous that's part of their, context, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I, that made me realize that we need to be more careful when we come for thoughts and prayers because cause prayer has a huge part in... Sure. But, but this was at a, at a, at yes. a rally. It was coupled with action. I ho- just hope people know that we mean vapid action. Like, you can't do nothing. Yeah, I'll continue coming for thoughts and prayers. But um, there is something to be said about... Uh, it's just... It's rhetoric to me. Yes. Like, I do believe in sending positive energy. Yes. I do buy into that. Yes. So The spirituality behind it is whatever you make it to be, as long as it's having the same effect as action. Yeah. Because prayer can be action. So, <sighs> sorry to derail. That was... Um, we need to be talking about that. Everyone... Yeah. If you didn't know Fulton that name Bucci. before you heard, find out up. more. Look it up. Um, See what happened. Involved. It's pretty fucked. It's it's really it's disgusting. It's we disgraceful. need to we need to launch a civil action. I the Supreme Court needs to pick this up. Yeah, this is the twelve white people on a fucking jury. Are you are you kidding me? Last, are you kidding me, Canada? Last thing though no. is that a lot of the indigenous speakers were like, we got messages from people surprised from non-indigenous people surprised. And we are absolutely not surprised. Yes. They said there's nothing surprising about yes. this. They said people intellectually and rhetorically understand that white supremacy exists. But as soon as they see it in practice, they're shocked when you believe it exists. Why aren't you surprised to see it in action? Like we need to end white supremacy by, by believing in it first, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's just so we always come to a dead end when we talk about this because it means like, Essentially, we need to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like, should we just turn this podcast <laughs> off? Yeah, Jesus a, Christ. It's just weird thing to think about. I don't know. Yeah. I can't. I wrestle with it a lot. Yeah. Me too. Uh, uh, um, on a lighter note, Pamela is looking bedecked. She's, she is. She's so glamorous. She's I've never seen her this glamour. glamour. She's dripping in jewels. Yeah. She's... All right, I got it. I have a story about Pamela. Yes. Can I can I go there? Yes. Okay, great. So, listen everyone. I feel like we need to lend some backstory into how Pamela came to us. An origin story, it's, if you will. It's a hilarious story. Um very good friend of ours, Kathy, who if you you, you want to listen back on episode 8, mm-hmm. um can queef on command and did so for us into a microphone. And it was like a lot of people's highlights. She's also the amazing and talented individual who uh, put together our composed our exactly oh our intro song. Uh, anyway, she's had a history of naming her last name is Anderson. Uh, her last name has been a few things, but she has a history of naming cats that pertain to her last name. So she had um, her last name used to be Jordan. So she had like Air was one of her cats. Oh and my, anyway, um, so her new. Her one of her cats now is called Hans Christian Anderson. 
And uh, who was the the Danish um, ch- child book story <laughs> author? Tom's laughing because I got him confused with Hans Zimmerman. I was like, you know, he composed all that music for Pirates of the Caribbean. Hans Zimmer, yeah, yeah. Right. And he even got his name wrong, too. Awesome. Um, anyway, long story short. Sorry. Long story differently worded. Um, <laughs> even longer. Uh, another friend of ours, Matt, had a family member pass away. And there was this, like, gigantic, ugly... Uh, sorry. Beautiful. Resplendent. <laughs> Ethereal. Statue. Statue of a cat that looked a little bit like Hans Christian Andersen. And so he was like, do you think Kathy wants this like statuesque um, Hans like artifact? And I said, <laughs> of course, please bring it. So we brought it to our live show where Kathy was also going to be. <clears throat> and it was just sort of a fluke that Pamela became our mascot. So we took her in and we essentially said, Sorry, Kathy, we're keeping Pamela because she's still a part of our podcast. Now. She was sitting just for a visual. She was sitting on the table in yeah. our live show. And we just happened <laughs> to have a, a rainbow sash that I needed to put somewhere. So we put it on Pamela. And everyone's like, oh, your mascot's really nice. But the reason her name is Pamela is because Pamela Anderson, of course. Yeah. So that sort of stuck. Stuck? <laughs> stuck out? Stuck. <laughs> stuck. Use your words, Thomas. And, um, and so recently, Hans, Pamela's father, mm-hmm. went missing. We spent all night looking for it. We we eventually found him, brought him home. Thank God. Sorry, thank Pamela. And the father that's on the Holy Pamela. Um, Kathy was so um, upset about Hans leaving us, even for just a few, just a day, um, that she went out on Friday and purchased another white cat that, like, weirdly, like, coincidentally enough, looks exactly like Pamela. And so she... Sh- Sticking with the Anderson theme, named her cat Pamela. So Pamela lives. It is so Pamela uncanny. is now a real cat yes. that exists in the world. We literally willed Pamela to life with our weird religion. Yes. Yeah. We um, elevated Pamela to the level of deity. Potentially, she's a bodhisattva. We're not sure. <laughs> and with the power that she has vested in her, she has created a cat in her likeness. Like that's the original not- act of let's- creation. So can the, we not the, forget February 9th is like our version of Easter Sunday at Dickwick. Right. It's Pamela was risen. Right. So let's not forget that anniversary. You ever. really shouldn't forget that. The mother, the daughter, the holy Pamela. I must uh, before. I can't wait to meet her. I can't wait to meet her either. I'm ner- I'm nervous. It's I'm like, so nervous. What icon? do we say? I don't know. It's what like meeting she, Jesus. What if she's not the same? I know. In person. I know. In cat. Sin. I don't know. Oh my God derailing speaking of person did you hear about the trudeau thing oh we don't need to go deep into this go on we don't need to go deep before i continue i like going deep welcome to our valentine's day special episode yeah just need to say we made a big hype about it and completely forgot to mention it no no we're gonna get there it's coming up it's coming valentine's gay i should valentine's gay so justin trudeau recently uh at a for everyone listening, he's our prime minister. Americans don't know, and people in the world don't really know about Canada. What? So, okay. I feel like that's fair to, to assume. I feel like everyone knows Trudeau. Yeah, now. Everyone, like, jerks off to him. Yeah, that's fair. Um, no, no, I'm not right. saying Nobody knew stupid. Stephen I Harper. Mean, I got it. I got it. Geopolitically, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anywho, uh, so there was a town hall meeting in Alberta, um, which is in Edmonton, and there a woman was speaking and said all of mankind or something to that effect to which he like promptly interrupted her and said you mean people kind so this is just absolutely blown up it's everywhere everyone's calling it like like brochialism or like fake woke feminism um 
it's fucking get over it. He said one weird thing. The sentiment is fine. I'm really like I'm upset he interrupted this woman. That's absolutely ridiculous. Like just maybe let her fucking finish speaking first. You Yeah, it was kind man. of a rude yeah. gesture. Yeah. But like the way it's getting blown out of proportion is fucking stupid. And he and he says it was a joke now too. That's probably his like PR spin, but well, he's dumb too. But. He is dumb too. It's just basically I wanted to raise this because it's incited this really strange conversation. Not strange, perhaps, um, all too normal, but everyone's saying, when's it going to end? It's that conversation, the, like, slipping, like, rhetoric where, well, if, if we're going to start doing this, are you going to start censoring us for that? And they literally are coming for all of feminism and all of... The misogyny is real. It is real. Why Why is and it? And so surprising among women. Yeah. Again, not so, like, this... Yeah. Surprising to me. Yeah. I'm not surprised by I that. need to correction this corner right away because I know you're geographically challenged. Mm-hmm. But you just said that Alberta is in Edmonton. Edmonton is in Alberta. The other way around. I, uh, sorry, that was a copy-pasty and I was reading. And <laughs> thank you for noticing that. I'm better the Netherlands women. is in Scotland. And, <laughs> and Scotland is not in the world. It's just floating outside of the globe. <laughs> Oh boy, that's embarrassing. Yeah, I got in a little argument uh, at a party last week because everyone in the room was really against the changing of our lyrics. So for anyone who doesn't know, the lyrics of our national anthem was changed from On All Our Sons Command to On All of in Us. In All of Our Command, or no, In All of Us Command. Um, <clears throat> which is absolutely fine and good. Mm-hmm. And people are coming for changing because, like, when will it end? Yeah. When will political correctness end? Fucking never. Yeah. Keep changing it until everyone's included. What the fuck are you talking about? Why? Why do you want an anthem that excludes you? Like, so many women yeah. are like, "Well, I this is disrespectful." And well, that's what I said. I said, well, "How does this involve you at all?" Like, I definitely want a gender neutral like anthem. I also, don't know why. You- and she was like, "Well, it's really disrespectful." To my family who's fought and died in the war. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? What does it matter what their gender is? And they weren't fighting for a fucking Who national anthem. Who listens to the national anthem at sports games and at school? Yeah, are you And 12? I want to make sure that there are boys and girls at school listening. And, and people. Knowing that they have any opportunity as anyone else in the fucking room. No, yeah, we're yeah. not. No, yes, we're changing it. Fuck you because you've made up some weird reason that is disrespectful to your family. Fuck off. What if your mother was in the military? What yeah. would you say about that that then? Ooh, sorry. I also need to say you said boys and girls, and we need to stop like that kind of binary language. I'm gonna Trudeau you. Sure, I only said that because it was like it was pertinent to that. Pertinent to to boys and all thy sons command in the yes. anthem, right? But but now, but it's but they didn't change it to like R just also includes non-binary is what yeah, I mean. Sorry, like like uh, that affected more than just women. Thank you. You know, thank you, Justin. It's people kind. So <laughs> it's, people kind. it's in all of our people's command. <laughs> Also, I'm pretty sure it's man, I mean, humankind, right? Wouldn't that be... human? That's part of the other reason he was laughed at, because it's not people kind, it's humankind. But maybe, but. like, human, like, maybe the man is too patriarchal. Good one. <clears throat> wow, so that, that was, that was, um, do you queer what I queer? Tangent <laughs> corner, tangents yeah. everywhere. Tangent Do we have mansion. any more business? Like, so, uh, the point of this episode is, is, I'm sure a lot of you know, we asked you to write in with your, um, questions... <laughs> If you had any queer relationship advice, or if you had any fun, interesting love queer stories for Valentine's Day, yes. Um, so that was the point of this episode. I know it's taken us a, sort of a merry go round to get there. Our reasoning behind this is that we want to kind of overshadow the normal rhetoric of hetero heteronormativity that Valentine's Day comes with, and we wanted to 
to celebrate and explore different ways of loving. And so we asked in our stories, we said, take love however you want, queer love up, make it anti-love, make it um, polyamorous love, make it uh, asexual or aromantic love, make it whatever the fuck you want to make it and send us so we can do our part in deconstructing Valentine's Day. Great. So without further ado. Well, hold on. Can I, yes. I'm just going to th- throw a wrench in there. Yes. Um, do you have any feelings towards Valentine's Day? Like, is it something you celebrate? Is it mm, something you like? I think it's like? disgusting. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You don't have any like happy memories or funny Valentines or anything um, like that? I'm, I have a really bad memory. Yeah. So like, I'll, no, but about a lot of things in my life. Valentine's Day never sticks out particularly. And I think when I got to a certain age, I just, it, it doesn't mean anything. And it's just, it's the same as Christmas where it's about spending money. It's about Hallmark cards. It's. I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel. I guess hate is really aggressive, but I don't anything it. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I echo that somewhat. I don't give a shit about it, really. Mm-hmm. Even, I'll be alone forever, so like, I don't need another reminder why I'm alone. Do you know what I mean? Uh, no, I don't know <laughs> what you mean. You will absolutely not be alone, unless you want to be forever. <laughs> I just mean, like, I don't know. Uh, like... I you don't know. need to be reminded about how alone you are. No, I, that's a fake reason. Like, just right. I was trying to make a joke. So right. Thank you. But um. <laughs> sorry, I just killed the joke. That's so out of character. <laughs> I just mean I just don't give a shit about it. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, it doesn't make I, sense. It, I, I'll, the positive for me is this: that um, it's a reminder that there's people you love in the world, and to appreciate the people you love. That's sweet. That but, is sweet. Connection. Um, I'm just going to give you a little um, dark origin of Valentine's Day, if you want it. Please. Yeah? Okay, so I'm ripping this right from uh, NPR by Arnie Siepel. I love NPR. Um, Valentine's Day is a time to celebrate romance and love and kissy face fealty, but the origins of this festival of candy and cupids are actually dark, bloody, and a bit muddled. Though no one has pinpointed the exact origin of the holiday... One good place to start is in ancient Rome, where men hit on women by, well, hitting them. Oh, what? <laughs> Those wild and crazy Romans. <laughs> did you write that or did, did he? No, I'm just good at reading. <laughs> From February 13th to 15th, the Romans celebrated the Feast of Lupercalia, which is what you said to me earlier, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, the men sacrificed a goat and a dog, then whipped women with the hides of the animals they had just slain. So romantic. That is so romantic. I don't know. I mean, what would you feel if a man, like, murdered a dog and then whipped you with its, like, dead flesh? There's a dedication in that that I think shows a certain <laughs> respect to my well-being and a certain je ne sais quoi of energy and strength. So, you know, what? I'm all for that. I'm so dead at how you really took that question to heart. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. I, I did a lot of improv when I was growing up. <laughs> oh, God. I love you. The Roman romantics were drunk. They were naked, says Noel Lenski, a historian at the University of Colorado at Boulder. Young women would actually line up for the men to hit them, Lenski says. They believed this would make them fertile. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day! The brutal fete included a matchmaking lottery in which young men drew the names of women from a jar. The couple would then um, be coupled for the duration of the festival or longer if the match was right. 
the ancient Romans may also be responsible for the name of our modern day of love. Emperor Claudius II executed, executed two men, both named Valentine, on February 14th of different years in the 3rd century AD. Their martyrdom was honored by the Catholic Church, thank you, with the celebration of St. Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Later, Pope Gel- oh. Gelasius? Gelasius? It's disgusting. The first muddled things in the 5th century by combining St. Valentine's Day with Lupercalia to expel the pagan rituals. But the festival was more of a theatrical interpretation of what it had once been. Lenski adds, it was a little more of a drunken revel, but the Christians put clothes back on it. They didn't stop it from being a day of fertility and love. Around the same time, the Normans celebrated Galentine's Day. Galantine meant lover of women. That was likely confused with St. Valentine's Day at some point, in part because they sound alike. As the years went on, the holiday grew sweeter. Chaucer and Shakespeare romanticized it in their work, and it gained popularity throughout Britain and the rest of Europe. Handmade paper cards became the token du jour in the Middle Ages. Can you say that more French, please? Token du jour. Thank you. Eventually, the tradition made its way to the New World. The oh, the New World. Who says that? Yeah, I know that always trips me. Oof, up. edit the that. old world, the New World. I know. Yeah. Right? The Industrial Revolution ushered in factory-made cards in the 19th century, and in 1913, Hallmark cards of Kansas City, Missouri, began mass-producing Valentines. February has not been the same since. Thank you for that. Today, the holiday's big business. Obviously, according to world market research from Ibis World. Valentine's Day sales reached $17.6 billion last year. This yeah. year's sales are expected to total $18.6 billion. That's disgusting. I have three things to say. Yeah. So, one, drunk, naked, and theatrical, are you a Roman? Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure you have to be. Second. I love being all those things. I know you do. I'm all of them right now. Well, I'm two of them right now. Second is, I thought Galentine's Day was made up by Leslie Nope and Parks and Rec. Didn't know it was a real thing. Third, so the the another interesting part of that is that one of the Valentines who was executed, while he was in the dungeon, he fell in love with the jailer's daughter, apparently, as the <gasps> myth goes. And he, upon leaving to get executed, passed her a note that says... Or, and she said, who is this from? It was a love note. And someone says, from your Valentine. That sounds so made up. It, 100% that sounds so made totally up. totally yeah. fake. Yeah, yeah. But I like it. Me Good too, story. Like it. Good story. Right? It's a, yeah. It's a myth. Yeah. So without further ado now, shall we launch into without it? Without further ado. Ahu. 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 I'm going to start. <clears throat> oh. I'm not ready. Okay, yeah. Okay, You're not I'm ready? ready. No, no, no. Sure? Go, 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 go. I just, we should yeah, yeah, move yeah, on. Yeah. This is from Luke. Once I read this, this is the most Luke thing. It's like Luke crawled out of an envelope and punched (laughs) me in the face with this. Oh, God, I can only imagine. Do you think it's beneficial for the queer community as a whole to participate in a tradition that has, at least since it was co-opted by Christianity from pagan rituals, excluded queer people? Well. We can both um, answer, or do you want to just answer? I think we should both answer. I... I want to say yes. Yeah. It is. Yes. I think it's, We should insert ourselves everywhere. Right? Yeah. And so here's... So I was thinking... So some of these I had a bit of time to think on and some Tom had a bit of time to think on. Yeah, I didn't know that one was coming. We should be queering it and our exclusion from it doesn't mean that we should have continued exclusion from it. It right. should mean that we should queer Valentine's Day because it's going to keep happening. Yes. And so beneficial is, is a tricky word 
because maybe it isn't, maybe we are still um, helping this tradition continue, but I would like to change it, to queer it. Right. And so the, the implication here is that what Valentine's Day is, is heteronormative based on the fact that it's from like Christian yes, yes. Val- Christian history. Fair. And and on Valentine's Day as a young queer kid, it was never there was nothing to to affirm your queerness and it was always more um I think traumatic growing up as a queer person. So I totally see where he's coming from and we had it you. wasn't traumatic for me. But we all gave Valentine's to everyone in our class. Me too. Sorry, but Valentine's Day specials, um the movies oh, you watch on yes. Valentine's Day, oh, yeah, sure, sure, the sure. the cards, the language, the everything. Yeah. Um but I don't think that it's not going to stop if queer people don't participate in it and I think there's something to be said for the inclusion and the changing of it. And it's like Christmas, like fucking everything. Like But if you are queer and want to fucking protest this heteronormative Christian bullshit, do it. then fuck yeah. Do it. In some Fuck sense, yeah. that's what I want to be doing with this episode. Like, it's... Yeah. It's... I, I don't know. These things don't need to only exist on Valentine's Day. And for that matter, too, if if you want, please continue to email us these things. We would love to keep hearing anti-heteronormative love stories sure. and advice, if you're cool with that. Well, well of course I am. Awesome. Um, I have some really... So, do you want one from me? Yes. All right. <clears throat> so, we also asked for relationship advice, which is hilarious because, like... We're, we're definitely not qualified. I've been in one for seven years. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what it's like anymore. And, and you... I've been a million that have all sort of flamed out. Um, <laughs> this one's from a listener, Crystal. Okay. She says, how involved should you be with your partner's bodily functions? Mm. Is it normal to shit in front of each other and look at each other's shit? Also, nose picking and earwax. Love, Crystal. Well, Crystal. Well, Crystal. I'd like a little bit Sounds of Sounds like you're going through a lot. The, the, ear pack, the earwax and nose picking, are you doing that to your partner? <laughs> or I, don't, I think we can infer whatever we want. I'm assuming no. Right. Because that's... This is just like a looking at bodily excretions question. I would say so. <laughs> okay. Like watching your partner like pick their nose or, or pick their ear or fart or, or poo. I don't know. Listen, relationships are about respect. And if you're with someone who's a nervous pooper or a private person, respect that space. And I think that you should let them <laughs> shit in peace if they want to. Me, on the other hand... What happens if one person's into, like, watching the bodily fluids and one person is not? Well, it depends. You're making it sound sexual. Like, if it's a fetish thing, then that's... Then you should probably be with someone who can who can experience your fetish with you. But if it's just a life thing... Then always respect the person I think who's more uncomfortable. <laughs> what You're I would so say. Good. You're so good. You should what? actually have this. I think so. I know you are. That's why I'm laughing because I'm like, fuck, that's such a good answer. Well, in, well, in my relationship, for example, it was a. It, it progressed to that point more out of necessity, like, oh, I need to actually brush my teeth, but you're shitting. I don't care. I'm just going to come in and brush my teeth while you're shitting. Um, I don't like call my boyfriend to look at my shits unless they're exceptionally hilarious, which also happens. <gasps> what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway. No, I don't. That's a different podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Um, last thing I will say. I don't say, want to know that. I mean, I'm single, but I don't want to know those things. And you're totally entitled to that. Relationship okay. doesn't mean it. You get to define what it means, right. I'd say. Um, <laughs> last thing about that, though, is I think that... <laughs> People who prefer anal especially have a very different relationship to bodily excretion because you just kind of, it just, de- it demystifies it, you know? <laughs> Did I break you? 
<laughs> Are you shocked at how seriously I took that question? I'm just so proud of you. <laughs> I just love it. My whole body That's language true. changed when that question was asked. I'm like sitting up straight. You're just so <laughs> I don't want to Okay. Do you have something else? Yes, yes, yes. I... Oh my God. Um, okay, here's one. We got this um, Instagram message from somebody named Ashley. Ashley. Ashley, thank you. You keep reading things that that I don't know about. I like that. <clears throat> okay. Uh, it's it's a little bit it's a little bit long. Two years ago, I finally decided to chop off my hair and change my wardrobe. I finally feel comfortable in my own skin. I've been told that I still have a feminine face, but still get mistaken for a boy. Something I become used to in this hetero-dominated society, where it still shocks people to see that excuse me girls have short hair. Excuse me. Since my newfound change, I've only dated one girl who liked the fact that I looked boyish on the outside, but was very feminine in the bedroom. But now that the relationship is over, I'm struggling to go out in the dating world again. When women first meet me, they presume that I have a dominant, in quotes, personality because of how I look on the outside. I'm not sure how to tell a girl that even though I have a certain style, my personality is still very feminine. It doesn't compute in their brains when they hear me speak, and I feel like it turns them off. Any advice on how I could address this? Thanks. Holy yeah. shit. So I actually didn't read this one either, so that was a first a first experience for me. Um, um, do you, do you want to go? Do you have any ideas? No, no. Uh, wait, I just need to think. Uh, basically, they feel comfortable in their own skin, but people think they look boyish, but they feel more feminine. And she is a, she's a lesbian woman. So when women meet her, they expect something based on her appearance. That's so hard. Yeah. That's so hard. I, think, I don't, I don't know. Does like, I can't, I, I feel like I don't know enough information. Like, does she have does she want longer hair no like does no, she no, feel no, like no. she's a fraud no. in her short hair it, it sounds like she she says i finally feel comfortable on my own oh, skin oh shit okay which is yeah. so that right there to me is the best place to start yeah. don't fucking change then that's yes. you're at you're at a peak experience there yes with that comfort level um it sounds like what could change instead of seeking advice on this as an external problem i think that you could uh, voice voice this when you meet people hey i don't want you to put me in a box and i know that's awkward to say but if you see something going a certain way and you think someone's expecting something from you then i think that's a good time to say listen i don't want you to think that i'm one person because the way i look i love the way i look and i also prefer to be quote-unquote feminine so take me or leave me wow but that also takes a certain like situation which might not always arise well and yeah that's right because when you first meet someone, you don't get to have those conversations. Like when you look across the room mm-hmm. to find out if you're attracted to someone or not, mm-hmm. you don't get to do you. You only are what you, yeah, what come you are across perceived as, as, which is it really is a restriction. Society's in fucking issue more than anything. Yeah, we've put such weight on visuality and on sight and dating stereotypes. Stereotypes. This is a really tricky question. I think that, um, they presume I have a dominant personality because of how I look. So, well, first two, it's kind of. I'm hesitant in answering in a certain way because Ashley's um, equating femininity with non-dominance, which I guess is the way that it is in in society, and that's totally fair. But also, this story speaks to the need for looser boundaries. You know, like, and that's totally fine if you feel comfortable associating those two things, but maybe not everyone does. And so maybe this is just something where like this sounds like the start of a journey for you and I really would like to hear more I'm sorry that we can't give better advice on this 
I would mostly say stay also where men so sh- like shut up shut up men yeah. the most is stay absolute <clears throat> truest to yourself and if you finally feel comfortable right now then it might be a little bit more legwork for you but keep keep changing people's perceptions right well isn't it isn't it the fundamentals of finding someone who's meant for you it's being your truest self mm-hmm. living your best truth mm-hmm. and then someone will come along that matches that or that complements that in the way that you need. But if you're trying to be someone who you aren't fully, then you're not ready. You're not, you're not ready for that. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like this is, this is, this is the right thing. This is, you're on the right track. I agree. I'm, I'm proud of you, Ashley. I feel like you literally don't need advice. You just need to keep being who you are and keep making steps to make yourself feel on the outside, how you are and fuck how people perceive you. Fuck it. We are taking this way too seriously. Next one. <laughs> okay, do you want another one from me? Yes, please. Uh, do you want a funny one or a serious one? Funny. Um, okay. During the Obama years, great strides were made for the queer and transgendered communities. However, in Trump's America... There has already been an attempted ban on transgender people in the military, and Trump's ever-present Christian right cabinet threatens to undo the progress of the previous administration every day. My question is, how do you queef on command? Full instructions required. Feel free to consult outside sources. (laughs) Kegeling! You literally just need to get your vagina muscles strong, or so I've heard. (laughs) Oh, I think I know who wrote that. Is that who I... Is that... Yeah. Yeah, it is. Oh, my God. That, I was like, why Why did you say that that was funny? Like, From what I know from... Ka- this is a very Kathy-centric episode. From what I know from Kathy, Queef and Queen, mm-hmm. mother of Pamela. Mother of dragons. <laughs> mother of dragons. Breaker of haunts. <laughs> um... <laughs> um uh, I think it required a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. She would um, recount to me many a night in uh, in sleepovers with other young girls, mm-hmm. practicing, practicing like sucking in the air and then blowing the air back out. This is so ridiculous. You need to command that control I'm of a your... man talking <laughs> talking about how to queef. I had similar experiences. A friend of mine could queef on command, but. She had to go on her back and then would um, move her legs back and forth in a scissor-like oh, that's motion. How, yes, I've seen that before. Yeah, I also knew there was a friend of Kathy's. I think her name is Natalie, who could like do queefing jumping jacks. Oh, which was so interesting! My God, <laughs> jumping queefs. And my favorite queef story is that Kathy and I used to act together, and we were in a play, and um, we had the scene where the two of us had to enter the stage laughing hysterically and of course any of you that know anything about acting is fake laughing is the hardest thing you can do as an actor you just can't fake laughing Mm -hmm. you you must do it for real otherwise you're lying um and so every every night before we went on stage for the scene she would queef and we would burst out into hysterics and enter the stage and the audience had no idea (laughs) what we were doing and she'd always have some comment about it, like, oh, that one hurt. Or like, oh, that was a wet one. It's so stupid, and I love it. Oh, my God. Anyway, that was Queef Corner. I am obsessed. Okay, I am going to read you one, but I'm out of ones that you don't know. Okay, this is from Amanda. 
Uh, my partner recently moved in with me. We are not officially together, but rather planned this as a sexual adventure and to save some rent money. Now that he's here, however, we have gotten into a rut. We watch Jeopardy. We watch Jeopardy live, and I have to beg him to have sex with me. What can I do? To sorry, <laughs> this is on a crumpled up napkin. What? <laughs> what, 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 what can I do to inspire the adventure again? Wow. Well, well, I don't know. Seven years, you you feel this one. Turn off fucking Jeopardy. What are you doing watching that? Watch a porn or something. Watch something sexier. Watch a porn, yeah. Watching porn together is hot. Like porn Jeopardy. Yeah, you could just make your own game of porn. Make Jeopardy. your own game of porn Jeopardy. It sounds like though, this again communication is the foundation of this, and I find that having conversations about sexual desire is the most important because you can't presuppose that anyone's going to have the same sex drive as you. Yeah. Um, but if, if it's the case that you're also having these conversations, then it's a really serious conversation. Do you want to stay with someone who makes you feel sexually unsatisfied? And are you better off just having sex with other people or, or if it's us, like for me, I know that I get really turned off by routine. Right. So if it's, you know, if it's the problem of sitting and watching Jeopardy every night, fucking, you're right. Turn off that damn TV and go out and like, you know, frolic through a field of daisies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, This is something that really turns me on is that uh, you go out and you kind of don't spend all night together, but you hit on other people and you walk around and you feel, you kind of gather this like sexual affect and then you use that on your partner and you like meet up again as though you met out or, you know what I mean? And and you you feel self-confident, you feel sexy and then you go home and you fuck or you fuck in a stairwell or in an alley and you pretend like you're strangers yeah, or like there's always costumes, which costumes. I love. toys, which are fun. I can't role play because I just see through the illusion. You know, you don't need to role play. Just, just dress up. Just dress up. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, that's a good question. That is a good question. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks, Amanda. I hope, I hope to hear on some spicy deets. Okay, I love this question. Ready? Yeah. Dear Elliot and Tom, should be dear Tom and Elliot. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> how do I? How do I find other queer women looking for love? Dating apps just aren't for me. Look dramatically into the distance. And Toronto is desperately lacking in women-centric LGBT venues. I am at a loss, my friends. Thank you for your help. Signed, a lonely lesbian. Oh, love. I. Yeah. You're so right. It's so right. so lacking. What the fuck? There are no places for lesbians. Yikes. Yikes. Hashtag like yikes. I I genuinely have no avenue for this because that's how fucking androcentric Toronto's queer scene is. That sucks. I mean, the best place I know is Cruise. Right. There's the Beaver. Right? The Beaver? Yeah. I I, I don't know how. It's in the West. It's like the West Village. I've heard some people that have good luck there. I think it started as. um, I don't think that's a lesbian place, though. Yeah. It's the Beaver. It started. I'm pretty sure it started as a lesbian punk uh, bar. This might we might have to okay. questions corner this hard. Um, also, there's events I would say to keep an eye out for, and also you can just message us and we can totally wingman for you. That would be really fun, and we could help you find love. Yeah, or just sex or whatever. But the I don't. You want. But but where would we fucking go? There's there's gay women everywhere. It's just a matter of it. Also putting yourself out there. But it's you're right. The odds but are where? the odds are ever against you your favor. Yeah. Fuck, that's a bleak Hunger Games. You know what? This is, we should 
actually do some research on this and we should answer this one in fuller detail next Good episode. One. We can corrections corner and get some actual events and spaces. Because fuck, you're right. Like I'm just worried they don't exist. It's twenty eighteen. They they must. Okay. They must. I'm hopeful. All right. Thanks, lonely lesbian. Okay, so next I have one from Sam. How do gay cis men really feel about dating trans men? Really is underlined five times. Whew. Um, well, we have talked about this previously. Yep. Um, unfortunately... There's a lot. I So, I, I'm for, for Tom and I, not that we're trying to let ourselves off the hook here, but I know that we... I have been and am attracted to to men of all kinds cis and not cis men yes me too and for sure like that's it's a non sequitur but also I think that in the gay community there's so much transphobia there's so much transphobia against trans men trans women against non-binary trans people yes and people are so stuck on genitals and people have conflated I think queer liberation with genitalia and queer sexuality with genitalia which really it should be not married at all because if you see someone and you think oh they're so fucking hot and you take their pants off and they have one genital or the other it, like it that's i don't think that should matter and i think that potentially you put too much weight on that definitely but also i do understand like i don't know maybe you just cannot get attracted and that's also fine but i don't know if that's fine like yeah i, I don't think know it's something that either. you can the more and more prevalent it gets in society it's something that you'll it, you just learn is is a part of someone like it, it I don't right. know am I too optimistic to say like I hope that it'll be the same as like what color eyes you have yeah no that's I mean, I, or is that too s- problematic and I think you know, that's ideal I think that ideally it would be we wouldn't need any sexual categories because you would know like I'm attracted to this person I will have sex with this person for the person that they are for me I don't give a fuck but I realize that my sexuality is a little more fluid, fluid. than most. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not trying to put myself on any kind of pedestal here. I just don't give a shit about a penis, to be honest. I am. I don't care. Less fluid than you. But I'm, I'm really selfish, so that. Right, like you actually don't care about the other like part party in it as much as... No, <laughs> I hate you. Um, no, I didn't mean to come for no, you. But, I, no, no, no. But I mean like what attracts me to, because you can't ignore what attracts you to a physical being. Yeah. And what I find attractive in a man, many things, yeah. but a penis is not really one of them. I love penises. I love penises so much. Sure. It's like my favorite part about being gay is just dicks everywhere in my face. But also I have. I just want, bu- I just give me a bum. Just right. give me a bum. Right. I, I am way less fluid than you, and I find trans men attractive. Um, right. So I think that, I think it's just the effort of just understanding. Can we cut that? Fuck. <laughs> just give me a bum. Shut up. You're such an idiot. I think it's just a matter of understanding that trans men are valid men and that they belong in gay communities. And if a trans man is attracted to cis gay men and are in that space, you need to treat them with the same respect that you would treat another cis gay man in that space. Yeah. And I, I, I can't answer this question because I don't really know what a lot of cis gay men feel, but I think that they're, I think that cis gay men 
uh, don't think that trans men are of equal sexual priority in terms of community. That's just what I think. I'm really worried about the transphobia in yeah. cis gay men. In it's Toronto. getting worse. I'm really worried about it, especially from the the circles I run in. There's a, There was talk, I don't know if this was just stupid online discourse or if this was something real, but people were saying that they wanted to take the T out of LGBT. Motherfucker, Why? it should be only the T. The T should be fucking first. You have a G because of the T. Like, I don't even understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, I don't get why, though. Oh, oh, because they don't belong here. Because they're not like us. Because their bodies are different than ours, and we want people of the sameness, and we want... It's, it's oh, God, I can't hear anymore. Transphobia, it's... Are you it's, fucking kidding me? No, I'm not joking, but... <sighs> honestly, cis gay men are trash. We're trash. Just throw us in the garbage. <laughs> Next one. <laughs> So can you, I want you to read this last one. So I'm going to read you one more okay. and then I'm so gay for my prof. Three question marks <laughs> signed sad student. I love that. I love Listen, that so. we've all fucking been there. Listen, look, if you can make it happen, make it happen. <laughs> I can't agree with you. Just, I no, cannot no, agree just, with you. Just wait till they're not in a position of power over you. Just wait till they're not grading your shit. I don't agree. You're always, they're always going to be in a position of power over you. Like the relationship has been established. But that's hot to me. I agree, which is why I don't <laughs> want to talk any further. Fair. You know what? Listen, sad student, you're gay for your prof. I've been there. It's, it's the reality of just being in class. When you look at someone and they're so smart and they're attractive, it's, everything yeah so 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 get it get it get it question mark as long as it's not an unethical getting of it (laughs) and as long as you're not jeopardizing your academic success is what i would say (laughs) oh well probably to the contrary (laughs) you should be jeopardizing it you should fuck in the classroom right after an exam (laughs) i'm just obviously kidding don't drop out of university don't get kicked out of university (laughs) Or whatever. You know what the student thing? We don't know the age of this person. So if you're in high school, do not have sex with this professor. Just don't. Well, you probably wouldn't say prof in high school. Right. Hopefully. We're, so you're of the age of consent. There's nothing happening untoward. I We need to spend less time on this one. I'm so... <laughs> Fuck. We've all been there. You're so gay for prof. Actually, I don't think I've been there. You haven't been there? No. I've, I've had sex. the opposite problem. Nope. Just joking. <laughs> Nope, cut that. <laughs> Zooey mama. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So I want to end with this email. Um, Jesse's told us that we should. Neither one of us have read it yet. Um, but it's... A, wh- what is it? Jesse, give me a nod. It's, it's a story, a romantic story of sorts. He's shr- shrugging, so and, shrugging and nodding. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm, I'm just going to read it so we can all experience it all together at once. Who's it from? Uh, it's from uh, Matt Sweet, who is one of our dear listeners and friends. Who you have um, before said, it's just Matt Sweet. He doesn't matter. He doesn't matter. Well, well I guess we'll... Uh, Figure we'll, out if we'll he matters. See, we'll see this right now. Okay. Are you ready? Uh, no, but go. You pick up your wine. Okay. It's kind of long. No, it's not that long. Um... What follows is the story of the time I kind of had a threesome. You may be asking yourself, what kind of self-respecting homosexual isn't having threesomes every four days? 
That is a legitimate question, and my only answer is that I am one of that antiquated set of homosexuals who have small-town values that they can't seem to shake. But you're here to find out about my dicks, not my inner drama. So let's jump in, shall we? I was You don't know what we're here for. (laughs) Yeah, you do not know what we're here for. And by the way, I have the same weird small-town values that I can't shake. I was 26 or so and dating this tall, handsome Italian man with a super Italian name. Let's call him Luca to preserve his innocence. It was his 24th birthday and we were out celebrating at the local gay hotspot, the barn. Oh, I miss the barn. I never got to I loved it. Anyway, Luca was drunk and I wasn't far behind. Good for you, Matt. Now, I pride myself on being aware of all the smutty parts of Toronto, despite my small town aversion to doing anything in those spaces. <laughs> I suppose it's my way of trying to make peace with my appreciation and celebration of gay sexuality while still maintaining my monogamous and conservative approach to gay love. Regardless, the barn had a back room and I was determined to give Luca the most satisfying and sloppy blowjob he could dream of. I'm so dead. Oh my god. Satisfying and sloppy Those blowjob. two things go hand in hand often, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Often. The sloppier the better. Constantly. It's like a slop trough. Ooh. Yeah. Call me a call me a pig. Oh yeah. my god. I mean, you are a slop trough of a human. I know. Ew. You just oinked into the I'm microphone. I'm not going to apologize for that. Shh. Okay. So I grabbed hold of him and snuck him away from his friends. We wandered into the dimly lit hallway that was the back room. We slid quietly past a couple making out into our own private corner. I pushed him against the wall and shoved my tongue into his mouth. I ground my hardening cock against him and let my hands rove over his body. This is so well written. The good news about Luca was that he had a dick that would get hard after a light gust of wind touched it. So Tom just pointed to himself and nodded. So. Okay, don't. <laughs> don't do the gesture if no you don't want it married. No. <laughs> so through his ridiculously tight jeans, I could essentially feel his pulse. Oh, remember back in the nineties when we could wear comfortable pants? <laughs> I both his leaking cock out and dropped to my knees, slurping up his pre cum and pulling his pants to his knees to give me more access. Holy shit. This is going there I so far. I love this. Right. It's like it was written by Michael Andante. <laughs> <laughs> a true treasure. I need a T.O. from Michael Andante right now. Oh, God, I'm having a headache. It's at this point in our story that the third arrives. At first, he stood a few feet away, run running himself through his jeans what does that mean it's probably a typo probably a typo rubbing himself through his jeans i watched as luca made eye contact with him and it may have been my imagination but i'm pretty sure his dick got harder now i knew that luca had a bit of a daddy fetish and this dude was ticking all his boxes muscles silver hair and a big meaty cock it wasn't really my jam, but tonight it was about Luca, so I thought, ah, oh, fuck it, let's do it. Silver Fox came closer and pulled his cock out to dangle it in front of my lips like candy. Being the go-getter I am, I swallowed it whole and worked the shaft like my life depended on it, all while giving Luca a distracted handjob. The fox pulled his dick out of my mouth with a slurp. And drop to his knees to suck Luca's dick. This is really holy, <laughs> Jesse. What the fuck? Shit. 
I'm shocked. Do we continue? Keep you have okay. to keep going. Right. I mean, all right. This is turned into actual softcore this porn. Is People are going to be literally porn. I know. Like I'm. Anyway, continue. Okay. <clears throat> I took a moment to lean back and assess the situation. Luca and I shared a look that was part lust and part shock. I smiled and pulled out his cock backed into my mouth while the fox stood up to make out with Luca. And that's the moment Luca's dick tasted like an ashtray. What? Continue, continue, continue. Clearly, he was a heavy smoker, and the foul taste of soot had left its residue all over my boyfriend's cock. Oh. Oh, oh my God. As an aggressive non-smoker, it was fucking gross. I mean, really, if you're going to go out smoking some pole, bring a goddamn breath mint. (laughs) After I stopped being hot and... After that, it stopped being hot and started being work. I put the fox's dick back in my mouth just to clear my palate and gave Lucas a cleansing handy with both hands. I knew to end the situation as fast as I could. I had to use every trick in my repertoire to make this fox come so he would leave. Sadly, as a reluctant blowjob giver, my list of tricks is short. So I basically just guzzled his dick, choking and spitting on it, in the vain hope he would find it arousing. As you... Oh my goodness. As you know, gay miracles exist. It worked. He backed away and whispered, Fuck, I don't want to come yet. Meet my at my hotel later, though. He pushed his dick back into his jeans and wandered away. Sadly, he never gave us his hotel room so I could send him some Listerine breath strips. <laughs> After he left, I turned back to Luca and finished him off. We wandered out of the back room with my breath stinking of cigarettes and semen. (laughs) Ten minutes of dancing later, and we left the bar for home. As we walked away, we talked about how much the whole thing had made us feel uncomfortable. It turns out that when you never tall about your rules... Talk. Talk. Matt's sweet. Know how to fucking... Spell check. What turns out when you never talk about your rules for having others join your sexy time, it makes everyone feel a bit gutted and sad. So that's the story of the worst birthday gift I've ever given someone. Happy Valentine's Day. I love you, Matt Sweet. Holy shit. Oh my god, that was that was so beautifully written. It was full of twists and turns. Twists such colorful language. There were stakes involved. I was nervous for a bit. I, I all my senses were at work. Yeah. I smelt. I tasted. It's a sensorium of sexual activity. A sensorium of sexual activity. You really put me there, you know? Uh, well, I, f- I mean... really hope that gave at least one listener on a bus an erection that they cannot put away. <laughs> because that would be Valentine's Day done right. I would feel happy about that. Oh, jeez. I have two stories oh. that that just incited in me. Okay. I don't know. I'm ready. Okay, so the first story is... One time, the night was still young, and we were still very, 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 very drunk. And instead of going home, we said goodbye to our friends, and me, Tom, and my partner went to Black Eagle, which is a bar in Toronto that has an upstairs sex maze. So, uh... (laughs) Stop. Any family that's listening, please turn this off right now. Continue. Family, yeah. Family, (laughs) goodbye. We love you. You may not want to stick around for this. There are fabric-like maze dividers in this blackened room. And Tom, there's seemingly nobody there. So we get a drink, and this is my partner and I's first time at this bar, and so we don't know what's going on. Tom just 
takes out his penis, and immediately three men emerge like cockroaches from back corners to kneel and suck his dick. And I'm so flabbergasted. I'm not turned on. I'm nothing. I'm just watching because I don't really even, like, I'm processing. It was also much younger. It was, like, when I first moved here. I can't believe you're telling this. So my partner and I, my partner's actually French. I am not French. Proceed to pretend to speak French just so that these people think that we cannot give consent and therefore cannot get involved as we're watching horrified as these men who just like scuttled out of nowhere sucking Tom off and it was it was my true uh welcome to the gay community you and I'm are welcome so happy for that happy moment. Valentine's Day I've never been back but I would love to go back <laughs> I think I need to oh I have a second really fast story I can't believe I've never told it before on this podcast <laughs> it's the sauna story that I love okay so my mom's staying at the Royal York Hotel in Toronto. My partner and I go to visit her. I was there last night. Oh, it's so pretty. My partner and I go to visit her. And as the bad son that I am, I was like, I'm just going to go down and use the sauna and the pool. My mom's like, sure, I have to go to bed soon or whatever, but just like take the key. So we go down and I'm hyper aware of eye movements and body language. We're in the sauna I went in the sauna because I saw this kind of really hot old man sitting there leaning against the wall. And I was just like, let's just take a shot in the dark. He looks like he could be gay. I've never had like a cruising in public experience. So now could be the fun time. My partner is so oblivious to everything that's going on to the point where this man is watching us and I'm making eye contact. Like I'm giving him like unverbal consent that like he knows what's going on. My partner is just like completely out to lunch, <laughs> just enjoying a nice sauna. So this old man, he's probably like 60 years old. Starts like stroking his dick and staring at us. And I start stroking my dick and my partner still doesn't really know what's going on. I mean, everyone listening, I know before and that this would have been okay. So my partner goes, okay, we need to leave. And I'm like, mm, no. And he's like, no, we're going to go. Like I want to go. And I'm literally nudging him, point to my boner, point to this old man's boner. He's like, oh my God. And realizes how late in the game he had tuned into this entire situation. This is... Not surprising whatsoever, knowing you and him. So then, just he's such a trooper, and I love him so much. And he's like, okay, like he gets it. This is fun for me, or whatever. So he jerks me off while this old man is watching. This old man's doing some shit in the corner. No contact. Doing some shit. Doing some shit. He's like fingering himself with his own pre cum and like making these like really strange noises. Uh, if you can envision that. Okay. Um. <laughs> anyway, so we we finish and. It was the sweetest thing. It was such a moment of like community, just togetherness that this man goes, thank you so much for this. You've made my entire week. This was my last night in Toronto and I literally can't thank you boys enough for just what you've done tonight. Like, and it was so nice. Oh, and I was like, it's weirdly sweet. Thank you as well. It was just, yeah, it was pretty great. For some reason that story reminded me of it because Silver Fox. That's so weird. I was literally in that sauna last night. That Did you get any dick? No, I was with my friend Gabor. There was no dick to be <laughs> no had. No dick to be had. Oh, I also, I forgot to mention, uh, I was just so out of it after that experience that I left my shoes and they got locked in the pool area. That's insane. I left my shoes in that pool area last night. Fuck off. That's so weird. I had to call security. There was nobody else in the entire thing. And they came down and let me in. And I was just had like, you know when you come... Elliot, that's so strange. Why would we both do that? Because we're both fucking stupid. Probably. Wow. All right. You know when you come and you aren't ready to like see society yet like you still need to like you don't no. know if it's be, like you don't know if it may be on your hands yet or like who cares you have no shame about that so i have like come shame it would appear you have come shame i just have i just want people 
to not think that I came like two minutes prior to seeing me. Do you know what I mean? No, that's so interesting. That I, I guess, yeah, I guess we're just different people. So the security guard comes in, gets the shoes, and my poor mom was upstairs the whole time and had had to go to bed because she had meetings in the morning and I had to come wake her up and say goodbye. I'm a bad son. That's amazing. I'm a bad son, but I needed to have a sauna uh, cruising experience. I love that. You know, I've had quite a lot actually. I know. Okay. <laughs> I'm just okay. kidding. Do you want to talk about it? No, no, not really. They're not that interesting. I mean, it's essentially that story that you just told, but yeah. without a partner with me because I'm forever alone. Do you want to say that one more time? I'm not sure that the <laughs> listeners heard. If you're listening right now and you'd like to help Tom not be forever alone. <laughs> no, you're thriving. Uh, thriving and diving. I think that we shouldn't do more for the sake of time, but I would really like to encourage people to keep writing. Yeah. And if this we episode... We can like, just keep like doing making this a thing. If people write in, yeah. ask a question or tell us a story, we'd love we love that anything anything that you want to share write into us at uh you can email us at do you queer what i queer at gmail.com you can inbox 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 us on facebook which is do you queer what i queer uh dm us on instagram which is dickwick you can feed us on patreon you can feed us on patreon you can um inbox or dm us on twitter that's a lot of things. You could just tweet us, even. Don't even DM Hell, us. Hell, walk on over and knock on the door. Knock on our door. Send us a letter. Give me a phone call. Hide under my bed. Send out a carrier pigeon. I, I prefer an owl, but <laughs> it's whatever you want. Buy us a cat. Write it in the sky. Queef it in the sand. <laughs> and that's all. And we'd that's like to thank you all for listening. Until next time. Happy Valentine's Day. Make it queer. Fuck the Make patriarchy. Fuck the heteronormativity. If you want yeah. to burn Valentine's Day to the ground, do it. Burn it. If you want to partake in the queerest way possible, do that too. That is your that is Prerogative. your right. So see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. Thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.